welcome to Quantum, the podcast every STEM student should be listening to, covering everything from what's going on in the world of science, interviewing people with STEM majors and what they have gone on to do, all the way to talking about finance, careers, and business. In the last episode, we talked about building out your team. I really mentioned another thing I want to remind you of is that students are a massive untapped resource, especially when you have kind of a year and a year and a half timeline or when you really want to grow your team massively, because that's about the time they're going to take to graduate and you can then give them out of university offers they'll be incredibly happy having great jobs they already have a culture in your business so it's absolutely an amazing opportunity now today we'll talk about how to actually pick your co-founders now as you know you know some startups do have co-founders several people others don't so there's a lot of kind of factors here to consider oftentimes the simplest thing here is who like how is it with the idea is there really gaps there so we're going to really get into all of this in today's episode so I think the first question you really need to ask yourself is, do you need a co-founder? You know, because you're like, if we just, let's just talk, you know, the money side of it. If you bring on a co- bring in a co-founder, you're giving away a decent amount of equity because a co-founder, like a proper co-founder, is not going to take single digits. They're going to take like 10, 20, 30, 40, all the way up to 50% if you're going for more of an equal split. So it's definitely a lot of you know equity you're giving away with your business, and now you know you could think about it just as money, but equity is also control, right? You know within a business, equity often ties to voting rights, and those voting rights means who gets the decision, and as such, it's kind of important to keep that part in mind, especially when it comes to fundraising down the line, because let's say you know you have a very specific vision of the business. And you're worried somebody's going to take it a different way because they have a slightly different vision of how they would approach it. Well, if you give away too much equity and then you start raising funding, what could happen is those VCs that raise money for you in combination with that other co-founder, they can outvote you and change the vision. And, you know, there it becomes a question of you really start to need to be careful about the you know people you get into business with as far as funding. But... If you really have kind of a niche vision, you're very specific and you're having a hard time finding investors that really want to follow through with it the way you want to do it, when those cases, you really, you know, let's say you decide I'm going to give 30% of equity away to VCs. In that case, you don't want to give away more than another 19% to your co-founder so so you control uh, the majority stake and thus, you know, can keep the equity, can keep control of the business if to ensure that the vision goes the way you it goes. Now, of course, you know, VCs, they still can press you. There's still a lot of ways they can push you around, but it's, it's kind of a little factor here to, to keep in mind because I've seen a lot of business relationships go sour exactly because someone got outvoted and they forced the vision change on the whole business and people weren't happy about it, and it caused a lot of issues. But let's let's go outside, you know, let's go beyond that. You know, look at the skills you actually need. So, you know, probably if you're deciding, do I actually need a co-founder and how would I pick my co-founder? I think a stage there is take your take your skills, look at the, so like take a piece of paper, write out your skills. Like, what are you good at? Are you good at development? Are you good at sales? Are you good at marketing? Are you good at just business direction, managing, whatever, right? Just write out the things you're good at and then... Look at your plan. So, you know, I'm, I'm assuming here that you've already kind of made up a plan of how the business is. It's not just an idea in your head. And now you can look at it and you're like, all right, so a big factor for my business is, for example, 
you know, marketing. We're all about marketing. We really need to brand build. And I am horrible at marketing. Well, there, you're, that's going to give you, all right, well, if I am going to bring in a co-founder, I need someone who's excellent at marketing so they can fill in uh, that skill gap that you have. An alternative could be you end up putting a lot of time towards learning marketing and you know that would be very useful for you and stuff like that. But let's say you really don't enjoy doing it. It's the kind of work you're like, fuck this. I never want to do this. I hate this so much. Well, in those cases, you probably want to bring on someone that, uh, you know, that's going to fill that gap. And, you know, it's kind of a, a thing here that I've kind of look at is, you know, a lot of people look at, oh, right, if it's, a, if it's a weakness for me, I should probably bring in a co-founder who understands this. Well, think about what are actually, like the, let's say, the first initial team of, you know, 5, 10, 20, however many people you hire for your initial team. What are they really? You know, they... They're joining your business, especially if it's a startup, they're joining your business, looking at the kind of vision of like, you want to have a team that is very motivated by where you're going. So those initial hires that you bring on, you might give them a, you know, a little bit of equity. They're going to kind of act like your mini co-founders. So sometimes, you know, those skill gaps, you don't even need to fill them with someone else. Like as a co-founder, you can fill them with your team. Now here, you know, I think when it comes to managing uh, people, I like to know at least a bit about what they're doing. So those they'll probably have to be something like, oh, I, I have a rough idea how to do this marketing or whatever, but I would hate doing it. It's really a drag for me. So like in those cases, that's a great way. You could just bring on your initial team and that team will be like your mini co-founders and they can do the marketing, but as long as you understand it, you can make sure they're doing it well and doing it along with your vision. Now, if you if you don't do that, if it's a skill you have absolutely no idea about and you don't want to learn about it, in those cases, it's kind of dangerous to just rely on your team because that team might leave. You know, there's people be like, oh, right, I just got an offer to get paid seven times as much and get more equity at a well-established business. I'm just going to go there. So, you know, like it's it's kind of a balance here where Will they stick with you? And they're kind of mini co-founders, but they're also more likely to leave than a co-founder who's probably going to stick with the business for a while, at least, if not just stick it out with the business uh, if they're like, really passionate about it. Uh, now, next thing is, you know, it's it's so it's kind of a balance. Like, you know, keep in mind what the skills are. And I think a good thing to kind of look at there is how are you looking to grow your business? Are you running something where... You know, you start the company or you start the start working on it and within a month or two, you're going to be hiring a team. But in those cases, it, it's, you're, you should be more open uh, to having kind of the quote-unquote mini co-founders as I kind of uh, talk, to them about, talk about them here and them helping you. But if you're looking at a kind of a startup where you're looking to spend like a year, year and a half working on it without an external team, well, in those cases, the co-founders are you know, kind of your team. So you have to, you might need them more to kind of help with that. So it's it's kind of a balance there. You really have to think about what makes sense for you. But if you've decided you need a co-founder, what are the actual factors for picking them? Well, unlike your team, which you can fire, uh, you know, anytime, when you're picking a co-founder, it's very important you can work well together. So, you know, it's best if it's someone, like it doesn't have to be someone you know very well, 
but it's good if it's someone you have experience working with and you know that when it comes down and when it gets tough, they continue working, you continue working, you can work well together, you can resolve issues well together, and really you kind of pile through all the hardship that a startup can be uh, to get to that successful point where you're running and you're doing well. So the, compa- the compatibility both on the work side and on just problem solving side is very important there. And here also, again, you know, I talk about the vision and culture. You also need someone that's a, that will be kind of a good fit into your culture. So if you've already, you know, if you've listened to the last episode and you're thinking about your startup and you're thinking about the kind of culture you want to have in your business, you want to make sure whoever you're bringing on is going to be a good fit for that culture. Because if you are, you know, a co-founder is still like an, it's like an employee, like everyone else, they need to fit along with that culture. Because if you're a co-founder, is not going to be a good fit with that and you bring in an amazing team that's a great culture fit, well, that co-founder is going to erode, uh, you know, erode your culture from the inside, just like an, an excellent employee who goes absolutely against your culture. So that's that's something that's very important. Now, the next thing is, you know, you probably thought about this, it's kind of the obvious one, is do you trust them? And I think whenever I talk to people about this, they often really overvalue it uh, because, you know, there is some level of trust as far as like, oh, will they do the right thing? Will they screw me over? Well, you know, it, that definitely matters and you want to be at a point where you're comfortable with it. But a lot of people, you know, demand that their co-founder and them have far more trust than is really necessary. You know, you're going into a business and if you look at people, some of them kind of look at it, oh, I need to trust them as much as like I would my spouse. And yeah, you know, like if it's... if, if it works for you, like it's absolutely going to be a benefit. But I think when you're picking the right co-founder, the skills and how well you work together are a little bit more important than just the net trust value or whatever you want to call it. So absolutely, trust matters, but be very careful of you know not overvaluing it since it's, it's a business, right? You have contracts, you have structure, you have form. And if they have a passion for the business and they want to do well for the business, they're not going to screw you over. They're not going to hurt the business if they're already passionate about it, which is why, you know, when looking for a co-founder, I think the most important thing should be their passion for your idea. They should want to just put everything on the, like everything into that company, everything into that passion, because it's what makes sense for them. And, I want to kind of note out here, here, like in this case, there's a difference between the passion uh, for a startup and if you're doing a business, you know, my typical flower shop example, you have to love it, right? Uh, so if it's, a, if it's a startup and you're doing something kind of innovative and something that's going to kind of change the world, kind of, you know, the change the world startup type, well, in those cases, the passion matters so much. Right? Because that the, the, those kind of startups take up so much time. You're going to be working 100 hours a week, 110 hours a week just to get there. So to maintain that, to really persevere through all that, passion will matter. They have to love the idea, love what's going on with every fiber of their being. On the other hand, you know, we have this typical, it's like, oh, you have your flower shop and you're looking to expand online. So you find a co-founder for that online section who has experience with online retail. In those cases, passion doesn't matter as much. It's about the experience. 
It's about the value they bring. Which is the next thing I want to talk about is how much value do they really bring? You can break it down into a few simple things. First of all, their network. You know, the people they know around them and how they can uh, you know, provide access to it. Let's say, you know, you, you need to fundraise and you, have no, you don't know any VCs. Well, if they already know a lot of VCs and they can get the business to have pitches and stuff like that, perfect. That's going to be of immense value. If they already have, you know, the, the experience is a factor, the network is a factor, the time they have is a factor, the money they have is a factor. Because remember, like as a co-founder, you can, you can fund your own pre-seed and seed rounds just out of pocket for a startup and even, you know, Series A and all that. Like if you're, if you're incredibly wealthy, you can go as far as you want. So in a way, you know, you can look at as long as the co-founder you're bringing in is open to it and you're upfront with them about it, uh, a good co-founder, the value they can bring is being kind of the angel investor. You know, when you're bringing in an angel into your business, in a way, you're bringing in a co-founder because you bring on angels very early on in the company's lifetime. And as such, they are essentially just another co-founder. So that's those are kind of like the money factors, not something to be completely ignored. Now, I want to talk about one thing that's kind of an offshoot uh, because you know this podcast is targeting uh, you know a lot of STEM students. So you're probably familiar with the stereotypical oh university startup. You start it with a few friends and you go crazy with it. Well, here I think the the value proposition, the ideas change a lot because you know like they're still the same. But your perception of them changes a lot. You don't have people who are, you know, they've been working in the business for years and years and they have that experience. You're more there looking for how well you work together. It's the fit of the team that for the kind of stereo, like the university startup dropout kind of image thing that everyone loves to see, there, the, how, well how well you work together is so important. And also, how much time are they willing to commit to it? Because, you know, when you're at university, there's so many different things you can do. You can do societies, you could go out drinking, and there's so many fun things to do that the commitment towards doing something like this is very important. And a question here for a lot of people, and even like for me, it's been, if I wasn't, if I didn't know the people I know, and I didn't just start, like it didn't come naturally to start a business with them, where would I look for a co-founder? Where would I find someone that would be as excited as me to start a company and have that passion for it? Well, I think, you know, you're obviously going to meet the stereotypically, like, oh, you, you have some friends and they might happen to be interested in doing something like this as well. But funnily enough, you know, like if, if someone's interested in starting a business and doing things like this, well, What's, what's the most business-centric thing around the school, right? You're probably going to have the business school or like the business society. Look for those people. Talk to them. And you might meet some friends there. And, you know, those people, they're going to be kind of pre-requisitioned. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's the right word. They're going to be pre- They're going to come pre-packaged. Yeah, let's call it. Pre they're gonna, the people are going to come pre-packaged, ready and passionate about starting a business. So that's one way, you know, you can look for people here. Another way, you, if you're at university, is let's pick the passion. You know, you're looking for people, uh, you know, your business is around developing a new set of 
I don't know, educational tools for physics in VR. Well, what are the two fields there? There's computer science and there's physics. So go, go, go meet people in the physics and computer science societies. You're going to meet people there. That's things going to happen there. Another thing is universities have, you know, startup events where they give talks about how to do a startup, stuff like that. Well, you can meet people there. You know, it's, you're basically, you know, the stereotypical, oh, you go networking with professionals for your career. Well, here you're networking at university with other students to find the right co-founder. So I think, you know, that, that's, that's something that, you know, a lot of people kind of overlook and don't notice. So I, I recommend you give it a try. It might be very useful to you. So just to kind of sum up what we've covered today is do you actually really need a co-founder? You know, because there's, you, know, you might be able to hand it yourself and it's a lot of equity you might be giving away. And if you're really, you know, if you're growing your team right off the bat, then you might not need a co-founder because your kind of initial team are like little mini co-founders that you're bringing on. But it's important to keep in mind the risk that they have because they might just leave because they aren't as committed to the company as someone you bring on as like kind of a proper co-founder. The second thing I talked about is the factors for picking a co-founder where it's about how well do you work together, partly how much you trust them, and a lot about the value they bring. And then we ended that off with talking about if you're a student looking for someone to start your business with, where can you find those people there? I really recommend, like, if you are the if you are listening to this and you are the target audience or the STEM student that should be listening to this, absolutely give this a try. If you want to pursue a business, look for people. There are many people. Entrepreneurship has an incredible amount of popularity. And yeah, a lot of people that you're going to meet are kind of fans of the image of it, but are not going to be the greatest fit for it. But there's going to be a lot of people who really could do something, who really could help you make a notable difference and help you run that business to a useful point. And on that note, actually, I just thought of this check out your, you know, most universities have some kind of a startup business support thing uh, or, you know, the career center has some section for entrepreneurship. Check that out. You know, it might be it might be useful to you. That's just generally useful that I just thought of. Uh, so, yeah. So thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed this and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate this five stars. It'll be greatly appreciated. If you know anyone who would enjoy listening to this podcast as well, share this episode with them or any of the other episodes they might find useful. And I hope you have a lovely day and see you in the next episode. Bye.